Good morning, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the living God today. It's good to see some new faces here. Welcome, Matthew. It's good to see you, brother. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go with me to the book of Luke, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and find your place in chapter 19, Luke 19. Some of you know a few weeks ago I lost a good friend of mine, a very good friend of mine. He was the uh, lead guitarist and also the lead vocalist for Vision Red. His name's Kenny Yates. And so uh, God laid a song on my heart and I wrote it for him and I finally got with my uh, lead guitarist and uh, he's worked out the music and he sent it to me so now I can get in the process. So hopefully I can get that thing recorded so I can get it to his family. That, that's the least I could do. But it, the song is called I'll See You in a Little While. So anyway, it's going to be a beautiful song. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And if you would, please stand this morning for the reading of God's Holy Scriptures. If you got your place, say amen. The Bible says, Jesus entered Jericho. He was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. And since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up, And he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's going to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possession to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything... I will pay back four times the amount. Verse 9, Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. Verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you even now. In the mighty name of Christ, Yeshua, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And I thank you, Father, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that you have a word, you have a plan for each and everything you do. Lord, your word tells us, for I I know the plans I have for you, plans that prosper you, plans that give you hope in the future. And Father, I just pray this morning that the anointing would fall fresh on every ear that, that I would speak today, and I pray your servant would be hid behind the cross that no flesh may boast before you. Father, I know that with you, I can do all things. But Holy Father, I also know that without you, Lord, I'm but clay in your hand. So Father, just anoint me now, and speak through me, Lord, and just have your way in this service. And let us, Lord, not just be hearers of the word today. But let us be doers of the word. Let us do what you tell us to do, God. 
And we praise you in advance and we love you in Christ's name. And God's people said, Amen. And amen, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. Now, now, first of all, a little testimony. This past Monday morning when God led me to this text, I have to be honest, I did not want to be here because I'm thinking to myself, surely there, there's nothing here that I could elaborate on that you guys have not heard at least a million times. We, we sang this song as little kids about Zach Key is climbing the tree. Come on, amen. But nevertheless, the Holy Spirit has a great persuasion. Can I get an amen? And so he just simply persuaded me. He said, if you will just read over the story. And so I read over the story and I was in shock. Because as I began to read, I began to notice that what I was reading was a great confirmation from last week's message. I'm thinking, oh my Lord, I didn't even ever, ever see this before. But first of all, we see that, that, that salvation has came to Zacchaeus' house. And not only that, but Zacchaeus believed in Christ. And also we find that Zacchaeus repented from his sins and he proved his his repentance by what he, he did. And if you remember last week we talked about how the Christ will come to everyone's house to knock on the door. Can I get an amen? Revelations 3 and 20, the Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And then we saw that that salvation happens when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and you turn from your sins and that's called repentance. God gave us Mark 1, 14 and 15. The Bible says after John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. He said the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Can I get an amen? And then finally we saw how John told the people who was gathered around him. He did not only just tell them to repent, but he said produce Fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, don't just tell me that you have turned from your sins, but show me. Come on, amen. I'm glad I got one back to I'm with you. Amen. And our text shows us that Zacchaeus turned from his sins and he repented from his sins and he proved his repentance by what he did, we read in verse 8 of our text, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. Stop right there. Half of his possessions. How much do you owe today? Can you imagine giving half of everything you own to the Lord. I'm so glad he only asked for 10%. Come on, amen. But, but Zacchaeus in, in his repentance, he, he was so joyful, so glad. He gave out of his heart. He gave half of everything he had, but he said, Lord, and if I have cheated anybody of anything, come on, amen. I will give four times the amount. And so not only was, 
was there a great confirmation for my sermon last week? But then God begins to show me another twist to the gospel. A twist behind this story. It's different because before Christ has came to Zacchaeus' house, we find that Zacchaeus did something. He simply got in the pathway of God's will. In other words, that there is a great blessing waiting for you today if you would only get in the will of God. Get in his pathway. Get before him. Can you get with me this morning? First John 2 and 17 says that the world and his desires will pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. Hebrews 10 and 36, the Bible says you need to persevere so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And since you and I, we know that the Christ is coming back soon, very soon. And we know also that he is coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, and without wrinkle. And that simply means that you and I, we we know his pathway. We know where he's coming. He's coming to this earth and he's coming back for a church. Not a church that's wrapped up in the world. Not a church that's having a, a concert every week to impress the people. He's not coming back for a church that's trying to, to, to impress you with a great building, but he's coming back for a humble church. He's coming back for a loving, merciful church. He's, church, he's coming back for a church that reflects his own image. Paul says to, to follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. He's coming back for a church that is following his example. Christ died on the cross. He was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose again. On the third day, he was born again. Can I get an Amen. In other words, he's coming back for a church that is saved. One without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. So today's message has a simple title. It's simply called Placing Yourself in God's Direction. I want you to turn to your neighbor if you have one there with you. And say, neighbor, the blessings of God are always found in his pathway. I read the words of David who said in Psalms 119 and 35, he said, direct me in your paths of your commands, for there I find delight. Psalms 1, Psalms 16 and 11, you make known to me the paths of life, you will fill me with joy in your presence and with eternal pleasures at your, where? At his right Hand. How many times over the, the years have I told you that the right hand of God has a very important meaning in the Bible? The right hand of God simply means those who are in covenant with him. As you read the scriptures, you'll find that the Christ, Yeshua, will be sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, the Father. Can I get an amen? Right hand. Now... What is clearly seen in our story is that Zacchaeus 
was, was a tax collector. Let me break this down. He was working for the Roman government and he was taxing, he was taxing the people of, of Jerusalem. And, and, and he's not very loved. He's not very wanted. You don't want the IRS coming to your house. Come on, amen. You don't really want a letter from the You don't want nothing to do with the IRS. Well, in the same way, here's a man who, who is working for the government. His job was to collect money from the people, probably more than what he should be. And he said, if I cheated anybody, and I know he did, come on, amen, I'll give four times the amount. Amen. And so here's a man who is not loved, not wanted, but he is very wealthy. But he's lacking something in his life. He's lacking Jesus. The Bible says, what does a man profit if he gain the whole world? Yet lose or forfeit his soul. Now he has a great goal and his goal is to see Jesus. He, he, he may be rich. He may be poor. It doesn't matter. He, he may have great height or he may be short. It doesn't matter. He may be loved or hated. It doesn't matter. What matters is what is in his heart. And what's in his heart is that he desires something more than physical money can buy. He desires Jesus. And, 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 and so we need to understand that he has a great goal in life. It's not to get richer. It's not to get popular. But he has a goal to come to know Jesus. And I pray today, if you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I pray that before this service is over, that you'll make it your goal, even now, that you'll get up out of your seat and come down and stand before the sacred altar of God and surrender your life to Christ. Thank you. David said in Psalms 37, 4, 37 and 4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Can I get an amen? Psalms 1 and 45 and 19. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry, and he saves them. But we also see that that Nicodemus is is not only faced with people hating him, not being popular, popular, But he's also faced with another challenge, and that is he is vertically challenged. Come on, amen. In other words, he he's not a very tall man at all. I would probably think three and a half foot. That's my wild guess. There's nothing in the Bible that tells how tall he is. I'm just saying. That's the way I see it in my sanctified imagination. I see about three and a half foot. Very short man. And so he is faced... With a great crowd who has got him blocked. He knows Jesus is off in there somewhere. But I can't get to him. And in the same way that, that Zach Kiss is faced with, with this obstacle. Trying to get to the Lord. You and I on a weekly basis. Trying to get in the will of God. We will find ourselves also confronted with an obstacle. 
Because you and I who serve the most high God, we have an eternal enemy. The one who has the purpose to come to steal, to kill and destroy. Let me, let me break it down in redneck terms. He has one purpose and that is make your life miserable. A living hell on earth if he could. Come on, amen. He hates you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Now, this is not in my notes, but I'm just going to throw this out there. One of my scriptures that I've memorized recently was that it said that he was blameless. He was blameless on the day he was created until wickedness was found in him. And I got to thinking, how long was it? Before wickedness was found in him. Here he is created to be one of God's mighty angels to bring music in his presence. Created with with harps and instruments all built inside of him. Beautiful in every way. But I wonder how long was the devil holy? You ever thought about that? Or is that just me going crazy up here? Come on, amen. I mean, you know I'm going to think stuff out. But there there had to be a brief second, a brief moment that he was in the will of God. Wow. But here he is now, the eternal enemy of God. Because pride was found in his heart. He saw the will of God. He heard the will of God. He knew the word of God, but he chose another direction. Isn't that strange? But here he is today, Zacchaeus, trying to seek God, trying to get close to Christ, but he is blocked with an obstacle. And in the same way, you and I on a weekly basis... No matter how hard we try, we find ourselves faced with an obstacle or something. And we wonder why, because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, Paul says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. Now I know this is pointing to the, the unbelievers. But don't think for just a moment, just because you are saved today, that the enemy will not continue to try to block you out of the will of God. Hmm. And one of the ways that he, he does that is something called preoccupied. In other words, he gets our focus off track. All he has to do is put something in your way that will get your mind off of God's purpose and you'll find yourself not in his will walking with God that quick. I'm I'm reminded of the story of Martha and Mary. Are you with me this morning? The Lord had went to Martha and Mary's house. And the Bible says as Jesus and the disciples were on the way, he came to the village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him in Luke 10, 38 through 42. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Verse 40. 
But Martha was distracted. It's sad, isn't it? By all the preparation that had to be made, she came to Jesus and asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse 41, Martha. Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset. Are you worried? Are you upset? There you are. There's your obstacles right there. Are you worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed? Everybody say one thing is needed. Only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Two sisters in the same house with God. One chose to get at his feet and listen to the word of God in the will of God. While the other is distracted about preparations. Got to get things ready. Ready for what? He is the bread of life. We're going to fix God something to eat. Come on. All he has to do is say the word. Even the devil knew that. Command these stones to be made bread. Come on. He knew. Jesus does not lack anything. We are the ones that are lacking. And so he he uses whatever he can to distract us so we do not find ourselves getting in the pathway of our blessings. He's coming our way. Paul tells us, 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, he said, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be somehow led astray from his sincere and pure devotion to Christ. See here, we can see that he's trying his best to keep Adam and Eve out of the pathway of God. I want you to think about this story. We know the story. We've heard the story. We've read the story. We've learned the story. But I want you to listen to the story. Here is Adam and Eve living in paradise, the Garden of Eden, living in perfection. Living in the perfect will of God. No sin, no darkness, nothing wickedness in there but the creature. Come on, amen. It wasn't no Sasquatch. It was a serpent. And and, and so he comes with, with, with a deception. Everything that they ever needed to live on was at their hands. God prepared it perfectly for them. And so he takes their distraction, he takes their focus, I mean, and he distracts it by showing them the one thing that they didn't have. You have everything. Your houses are filled with beautiful things. You go to room to room and everything looks awesome. But all he's got to do is show you on Jane or whatever it is you shop on. I just know Jane because Kristen, my wife, on Jane, stro- at nighttime strolling Jane. <laughs> I'm not in trouble, am I? But all he has to do is show you that one little thing and your focus is completely off of all your blessings. But now focus on something that you really don't even need. 
Come on, amen. And so that, that, that's, that's how he, he gets us. He, he loves to show us what we don't have now. Now think about this. And in the same way, the enemy, he'll show you in the natural the things that you don't have, but in the same way, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God will show you in the spiritual what you don't have and you need. Because here we find Nicodemus, a very rich and wealthy man who had basically everything he could ever want and needed. He was very wealthy and rich. He could probably use a few friends. But the Holy Spirit is revealing to him, you need Jesus. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He was lost. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Come on, amen. And so we have to get in a place called contentment. Paul says in 1 Timothy 6, 6 and 8, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world. And we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. This is the trap that he's using even now today in America to destroy every marriage that he can get hold of. He will use this to destroy marriages. All he has to do is show that woman or show that man what they don't have. I see a man working hard. He, he has a beautiful home, a beautiful wife, loving children. He has everything that a man could want. But his wife is failing to give him compliments. Telling him how handsome he is, how strong, how important he is. And all of a sudden, that somebody that the enemy sends in his pathway tells him exactly what he wants to hear. And it only takes that one woman to get him off track, to get his focus off of his blessings onto some he don't have. And vice versa. You husbands, I'm telling you, I'm commanding you by the authority of the living God. Build up your wives. Love them. Comfort them. Be there for them night and day. Love your wives as Christ loved the church, period. And you don't have to worry about brother so-and-so. Because you got all that taken care of at home. Are you listening to pastor this morning? So the enemy, he's out to destroy us. But God says, no temptation has seized you. Except what is common to man. In other words, this ain't a new trick. This is common. The devil hadn't changed his schemes. He's been lying the same way from the beginning. It's common to man. But God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. So this is what I loved about the heart of Zacchaeus. Because he had probably everything that he could ever want. But he was desiring, desiring to see Jesus. 
I love people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. My Bible says in Hebrews 12 and 14, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. And without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Can I break that down in some English term? This ain't talking about living perfectly holy in order to see God. Because every day we all sin and fall short to the glory of God. If that was the case, we would have no hope. But what this is actually saying to us is that if we don't live holy, then how is anybody on this earth who do not believe in God will ever see God? But if we're walking holy and living according to his word, walking in his pathway, we become a blessing to those who are lost. There's something about you. I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's something about you. You don't talk like everybody else. You don't live like everybody else. You're different. And and I want to know what it is that you have that I don't have. In other words, I, I see a reflection of Christ. On your life. Hallelujah. So here is the revelation. I want you to think about this. Zacchaeus couldn't get to Christ, so he had to do something. He had to see himself ahead of Christ. Are you with me? In other words, Zacchaeus, he had to have vision. He, he had to have a plan. Cause I, I can't press through. I'm too weak. I'm too little. I'm, they're too tall. I can't see him. I'm, I can hear a little bit, but, but the crowds got me blocked. So I gotta have a plan. I gotta have a vision. So I, I'm gonna take myself ahead of God. I'm gonna get ahead of God cause I know which way he's going. My Bible says that, 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 that if we do not have vision, we'll perish. It says in Proverbs 29 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. And you so, you can see he's visualizing himself in the perfect will of God. Can you see yourself today walking in the will of God? Can you see yourself staying in his will, walking in his pathway? And, and the way that I do that personally is, is what Rom, Romans 12 and 2 tells me. He said, do not conform to, to the pattern of this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his perfect will. Come on, his good, his pleasing and perfect will. If I want to know which way God is going, which, which direction, I'm going to have to what? Study and show myself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, but right, rightly dividing the word of truth. In other words, I can't just depend on pastor on Sunday to put me in the path of God. I can get you in that direction, but it's up to you to spend some time in the word of God to know on a daily basis. The Bible says, give us this day our daily Yeah, you don't need my bread come Thursday. You don't need this bread next Friday. You need a fresh piece every day. And so I I try to bring something for Sunday because I know we have a big lunch here, but it's only going to last you a little while. In fact, I can probably call you Tuesday and say, what did I preach on? You're going to say, oh, well, 
Come on, amen. That's why I say the shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. Take you some notes because you may want to go back to the pantry and grab you an old piece of bread that might help you out. Now, this is a risky move for Zacchaeus because what if Christ decides to turn to the right or to the left? I'm getting ahead of God. You know, we're not supposed to get ahead of God. This is this is risky. But here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I personally believe that the moment that Christ looked ahead and he saw this little man running up to a tree, a rich tax collector climbing up in the tree to see Jesus. I'm I'm sure Jesus now, his focus is all off of everybody else. He sees a little short man wanting some attention. Come on, amen. And so I believe the moment that you take yourself out of the will of the world and put yourself in the will of God and you get ahead of God in his pathway, I can promise you he is going to be drawn to you. Because the Bible said he, 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 he comes to those who seek him. Are you with me this morning? The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found and call on him while he is near. And don't think that Jesus is not coming that way because my Bible says that in Matthew 5 and 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. How are you going to be blessed without Christ? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for Jesus. I got news for you. If you get hungry for Jesus, you get thirsty for his word, I can promise you, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm coming your way. And so I'm going to make every effort. I'm not trying to please God with my good works and all that. No, I'm making an effort to see God. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I don't want to just know about him and what he did. I want to know him. I want to walk as he walked. I want to talk as he walked. I want to preach as he preached. Can you imagine our first sermon in heaven? And we're all sitting there waiting on the Lamb of God. And he walks out there and he begins to preach on the Sermon on the Mount or whatever it may be up there. And we're just like, whoa. Pastor wasn't too far from him. Come on, amen. Maybe Jesus shaved his head for me. I don't know. You never know. Jesus is, he's a loving God. Maybe when I see him, he'll be bald and everybody else will see him with hair. I don't know how it works up there. But I got a good imagination though, hallelujah. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is how these four men who had a friend who was paralyzed couldn't get to Jesus, couldn't walk, couldn't move his arms or his legs. All he could do is lay there and have conversation with his friends. And so they said, you know what? We can get this man in the pathway of Christ and he'll be blessed. And so what do these men do? They brought their friend to Jesus, but what? They could not get to him. They climb up on the roof. I wish people get this radical and we'll just get Bob back out here when they get through knocking a hole in the roof. And they lowered this man on the mat 
They put this man in the pathway of Jesus. That's a good friend. If you got lost friends who are paralyzed by the world and sin, can you take them to Jesus? Can you help them get to that pathway? That's what makes this story so awesome. What about the woman with the issue of blood? Can I finish this? I'm almost finished. Here she has spent her her whole life savings trying to get well. Twelve years she suffered with this issue. But she said, oh, in her mind, if I could just get in the pathway of Christ, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I would be whole. And so she too is faced with a great crowd. Once again, the enemy has brought something to block her path. She didn't care. She just got low, low. She got on the ground. I'm going to crawl. I'm going to get to Jesus. Stepping on her head, her feet, her legs. She reaches in and touches the hem of Christ. And from that moment, she's healed. Jesus said, who touched me? Lord, they're all touching you. Can you imagine? All these people pressing Christ. But only one touched her by faith. And the one who reached out by faith was the one who received what she came for. What did you come for today? A man dressed in fancy clothing? (laughs) No. No, you came to get a touch from God. The same God. All you have to do is get in his pathway. You know the way. He told you, I'm the way. I'm the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So think about Zacchaeus. Everybody was there to see Christ. He couldn't get to him, but he was the one who had the faith to see him. And it was his faith that drew him away from all the people who were around him to one little sinner. Zacchaeus completely humbled himself. He wasn't worried about his Armani suit. He wasn't worried about his Rolex watch. He climbed a tree. A rich man. Known by everyone. Humility. He was already low. He had to get high. Come on, amen. But if you're high, you need to get low. Do do whatever it takes to see Jesus today. Don't, Don't let the obstacles blind you. Don't let a sickness blind you. Don't let a crooked government blind you. Don't let this world blind you to what God is wanting to do in your life. He has a great plan for you, Sammy. He has a great plan for you, Matthew. But the plan is found not in your will, but in God's will. So 
So he humiliated himself. Matthew 23 and 12. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbled himself will be exalted. Paul said, let us fix our eyes upon Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy set before him endured a cross scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of heaven. Consider him who endures such opposition from sinful men so that you would not grow weary and lose heart in your struggle against sin. You've not resisted to the point of shedding your own blood and you have forgotten those words of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My sons, do not make light of the Lord discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. The Lord discipline those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as a son and what son is not disciplined by his father? And we all undergo discipline by our fathers. And so if he takes you to the woodshed, praise him. He loves you. If you're going through whatever, don't let it distract you from God's will. If God is allowing you to go through test, it's because he's trying to strengthen you, not destroy you. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to save lives, not destroy lives. So in the woodshed or not in the woodshed, just get in the will of God. Take notes from this little tiny man who was the biggest man at the party. Come on, amen. In other words... Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were a noble birth. God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things of this world and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no flesh may boast before him. Come on, amen. God is looking for little people. And I pray today I'm the littlest man in the room. And if I'm not the littlest, I need to get small. Even John the Baptist said, I must decrease. He must increase. Let's all stand again. This morning, every eye closed and every head bowed. Father, we may be old-fashioned in this church, but I still believe you're doing your will right here. I think America needs some old-fashioned preaching. Right now, there's churches saying, oh, if if you want to get saved, then then just slip up your hand. I'm saying, if you want to get saved, my Bible said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. If you want to get saved, I'm saying, come on down here. Let it be known to the world that I'm leaving that old life. I want to be saved. If you feel that small knock in your heart, if you hear that still small voice saying, come, don't hesitate because simply this, we are not promised tomorrow. My brother Phil Phil Lovell came up to talk to me this morning. 
And he got through talking to me what it was laid on his heart, and I listened to him. But I simply told him one thing. I looked him in the eye, and I said, Phil, I love you with all my heart, brother, but I don't want to hear about death no more. You want to talk to me? Let's talk about life. Because you're my friend. If you talk about dying, it kills me. And I, I broke down and started crying because I couldn't help it. See, don't, don't let the enemy blind you, Phil. You listen to this next week. Open your eyes to life. I've set before you life and death, blesses and curses. Now choose life. And God, we choose life today in the name of Christ. Go before you people in the name of Jesus. If someone needs to be saved, let them come now. Or forever hold their peace. Father, go with your people from the north, south, east, and west and bless them. I thank you for bringing my my new friend, Matthew. I pray blessings over him, Lord. I see a man who has a great potential in the kingdom of God. But also see a man who has been hurt deeply in the name of Jesus. I pray healing over his mind and his heart even now. Lord, if there's anything in his life that he hasn't forgiven, I pray you'd give him the grace to forgive those who has hurt him. So he can move on from that obstacle that has him blocked from your perfect will. I pray over Charles and and, and Penny right now in the name of Jesus. I pray life, I pray blessings over their life, God. Every day they're faced with another obstacle, but Lord, we rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Devil, get behind me. Jesus told Peter, get behind me, Satan, for you are a stumbling block to me, for you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Don't let the devil in your mind, neighbor, because he will get you off track by thinking the wrong things. Paul says, finally, my brother, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Now, God, go before your people and bless them in the mighty name of Christ, Jesus, our Lord. God bless you. Amen.